Hey, appreciators. Welcome back. And uh, we're going to do something really daring today. Uh, two guys talking about Barbie. It's a totally original idea. I know you guys have been waiting. I, I have to hear what the two male appreciators have to say about Barbie. Well, we should have brought some female appreciators in here for this. It's hard enough to get ourselves in here. Let's be <laughs> we should have just handed this over to our wives for uh, for the review. Uh, you know what? It's rare enough that they watch any movies that we watch. Yeah, and uh, we actually saw that with them in the theater. And they both liked it. Which is even so. more rare. Yeah. yeah. No, maybe we should do that. It'd probably get a lot more views. Probably be a lot more yeah. likable. All of the above. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We, we saw it last weekend. And, you know, I, I showed up. I sat my butt down. That's true. You I did sh- that. I shut my mouth and I listened. Yeah. And I really enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself, too. It was nice to uh, to not hear myself talking. You know how whenever you hear yourself talking in a video mm-hmm. and you're like, who is this idiot? I can't relate. I'm probably going to be listening to this in the car. I'll tell uh, you a story. It's published. This doesn't really relate to Barbie. It kind of does because mm-hmm. it's about, you know, shutting up. But in the background of a video of my kid... Uh, <laughs> Like from like yeah. a year ago, uh-huh. uh, I had been watching Master and Commander. That's such a kin movie with you know such Russell Crowe. Kin movie, man. Russell Crowe, and in the background of this video, I can hear my voice explaining to someone else <laughs> how it's so historically accurate. Well, <laughs> and I wanted to like jump off a yeah. building. <laughs> well, let's just dive straight into the spoilers of Barbie because, uh, and if you're listening or watching this, I'm sure you've seen the, the film, but there's that moment where, uh, there's a kin watching the Godfather Yeah, and yeah. one of the Barbies, they're using it as a way to yeah. like, to like endear the kins to them. So, you know, they can kind of get them to be distracted by the, uh, whatever political thing they were doing in Barbie land. Wow. You weren't paying attention. (laughs) Wow. No, it's just in that moment. It's like describing the events of the plot in Barbie sounds so ridiculous. Like it's like, Oh yeah, they're trying to get a motion passed in Barbie land in the courts, you know, like obviously (laughs) no, it makes uh, sense if you've been watching it from the beginning. But anyway, there's that scene that's talking about the Godfather and he's explaining like, Oh, you haven't seen the Godfather. Oh, it's Francis Ford Coppola, blah, blah, blah. And both of our wives in that moment looked at us and yeah. I was both embarrassed, but incredibly proud yeah. <laughs> at the same time, which is the most kin thing ever. Yeah. No, I, uh, I felt like at the, I felt seen mm-hmm. and at the same time, like shame yeah. where it was like, yes, you are like, we see this. Mm-hmm. We just literally could not care any less about i'm gonna continue to talk about heat and the godfather and yeah you know hey we got got a couple times in that movie that's okay and that's totally fine you know you got to be able to laugh at yourself and we got got on the guitar stuff that was great when the kins were all playing guitar on the the best thing ever the the line that made me laugh the most was whenever he said come in so i can play guitar at you for an hour (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was like yeah i've done that it's like did did greta gerwig go to a bible college (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. did she uh yeah she got us good on a couple of those okay well uh uh, all the the joking aside the because the movie was hilarious i actually felt like it was really heartfelt as well it had a lot of heart in it 
Well, yeah, so this was the big Barbenheimer event. And on this episode, we're just talking about Barbie. Now, yes. is that because I still haven't seen Oppenheimer? Mostly. My but gosh. it's also because I think both movies deserve their own episode. So we're going to do an episode on Barbie and we're going to do an episode on Oppenheimer so we can go full in on both and not have any, you know, one has to get sacrificed for the other. Sure. But this was a big event. This is what we've all been kind of leading up to, which is interesting in a time where I feel like the last 10 years, all the big events have been superhero movies or mm -hmm. whatever. And I feel yeah. like all year in the movie fandom world, things have been leading up to this weekend where, you know, Barbie is an intellectual property. You know, it's not like it's an indie film. Sure. But it's not a superhero film. On mm -hmm. paper, it really shouldn't do as well as it did based yeah. on like past movies like it. And then you have Oppenheimer, uh, a political historical drama about a scientist, no action scenes, no superheroes, <laughs> and they're the two biggest movies of the year. Yeah. So with that in mind, that terrible lead up, that long-winded lead up, did Barbie live up to your expectations? I think Bar Barbie exceeded my expectations. Great. Yeah, I am excited anytime there's a Greta Gerwig film coming out because she just, it seems like she does nothing but like knock it out of the park every time that she makes a movie. Yeah. I really enjoy her, like, I really enjoy her point of view and uh, I really enjoy her humor and the detail at which she makes her films. I just, uh, I get excited no matter what, just because of her name being attached to it. Mm -hmm. So I was excited to see the movie, but what I alluded to before was like, I wasn't expecting it to have, and I think a lot of people weren't expecting it to have so much heart mm -hmm. and for it to have such a, um, such a broad message that everybody can kind of relate to. And, uh, that's probably what surprised me the most. I knew it was going to be funny and I knew it was going to be good because Greta Gerwig was involved, but I wasn't expecting it to be so moving. Mm -hmm. uh, because really, I was like that that uh, scene that you and I were talking about. Barbie is sitting on a park bench, kind of like looking around. Like I was really moved by some of the scenes that were in this movie, and I was just like not expecting that at all. I was expecting to go in and see something funny and laugh and. Um, and enjoy it, but I wasn't expecting to be moved like I was. So, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Did it exceed? Did it meet your expectations? Where were where are you? Where'd you fall? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think just because I am a fan of Greta Gerwig, you know, like Lady Bird was my favorite movie of that year. I think that was twenty seventeen. Little Women was one of my favorite movies of that year. Yeah. I, I think I had so much faith in Greta Gerwig. And, you know, obviously, as a big fan of the Nice Guys, like, I want there to be 20 Nice Guys movies. I think yeah. Shane Black should just be able to make any type of detective story he wants. They should just make 20 of those, and I'd yeah. watch every one. And if they were all close to the same plot, I wouldn't even care because I just love them yeah. so much, I would just watch them. Yeah. So loving that movie and knowing Ryan Gosling is one of the best comedic actors yeah. around, even though that's not how he started. Yeah. Knowing that, I think I just had so much faith. Like, I, I just, it, like, I wasn't worried going in. Like, is it going to be this? And, like, I just had no, it, the movie for me had no pressure riding on it. And yeah. so, like, I just was like, that's exactly kind of what I expected. And 
had a great time. I will say this though, and I really want to dig into this movie because there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, oh, you know, how quote unquote political or feminist the movie is right. and, and people having objections to that. Right. I want to get into that, but there's been a lot of, this is a terrible word, discourse yeah. about the film. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I think overall, before we really dive into the specifics, I think overall, it's just baffling to me that Greta Gerwig could make a movie this just this movie just so is so funny yeah you take away everything else it's so funny it's so funny scene by scene yeah that it could cause this big of a stir yeah because i'm really trying like like if i had the political mindset of some of the people who are angry at this film i'm really trying to put myself in their there's uh their seats and going okay if i didn't agree with this this or this could i still find this funny and i'm like i think i still would and I just don't know. I just don't understand how people can be so mad at this movie. When yeah. Really, really, if you break it down, it has a really basic gender message, and it boils down to just like you don't have to be extraordinary to have meaning, and that both men and women are hurt by patriarchal expectations, and we should have empathy for each other. It's like, what is there to complain about anyway? Yeah. Anyway, no, I just uh, dude, that. I totally hear you, man. I just feel like people had made up their minds to a certain extent. Certain people had made up their minds about it before they had even seen it. Yeah. And that's the thing with, I feel like with movies in particular, just go watch the movie. Yeah. And if you don't like it, or if you feel a certain way about it after you watch it, that's totally fine. Like that's your decision, but don't make decisions about these movies and have opinions about yeah. them before you even like, before you see them, because at the core of this movie is a filmmaker that's passionate about this. And she is trying to convey that passion and convey how she feels about these issues. And that's valid. And like as human beings, we should be able to watch a piece of art and mm -hmm. say like, okay, so I can see a little bit better from that person's perspective. Now I can see a, the world a little bit different now because yeah. I sat there and I watched this and I tried to understand what this person was feeling and like that's good for anybody to do regardless of what your opinion is on anything so it's just like to me I get frustrated whenever people talk about the movie and they've made up their mind about it and they haven't even seen they haven't seen yeah. 10 minutes of it. Oh, so. it, it uses the word patriarchy? Well, I can't like it. It's well, like... And the feminist message yourself. in the movie is no different from the feminist message that's been going on for the last... Yeah, however, 30 or 40 years or however long, like, we've been talking about this stuff. Yeah. It's just... Well, the crazy thing is... It was put front and center, like, in this movie, and I think yeah. some people were just uncomfortable with that. I don't know. Well, you know, it's a byproduct of the times we're in where it's just like as soon as you log on to social media, you're like sorted into a team and you have to adhere sure. to that team's rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't want to get, make the conversation too much about this, but sure. the last thing I'll say is, uh, it, it's just crazy because like, even if you really look at what the movie's trying to say about gender, um, or even feminism, I, I feel like it's, it's very basic. And I would argue that a lot of people on the far left, 
have issue with how basic it was and that it didn't go far enough. So like, mm. it's funny that uh. there, there are people on the right going, oh, this is, you know, yeah. propaganda, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's anti-men. And you have people on the left being like, it didn't, it didn't go far enough. Right. Like, it's too basic. And I'm like, both of those can't be true. So, like, what's going on? So, yeah. I, and the, I think that's the very funny. last thing we'll say is, we are the last two people that you should be listening to. This yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Cue, so. cue Helen Mirren going in on voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, like she did, yeah. like, Margot Robbie, uh, these <laughs> words hold no meaning when they come out of Margot Robbie's mouth. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, maybe the last thing we say is, that's what we think, but. There are a lot better people saying, to like, listen to than it, it, it really, two where, guys on a podcast. Where it's coming from, it breaks my heart that there are people who are purposefully not letting that Ryan Gosling performance into their heart. For, I know. For insert whatever <laughs> yes. reason. Because it's yes. such a joy. He put everything into that. And just, we can admi- you can admire that no matter what. Like, just all throughout the day, I just think about him shutting the door and going, Sublime! <laughs> Sublime! <laughs> it's just great. Oh my God. It is, it that movie is hysterical, man. It is just so funny, and we were talking a little bit about this, where I just feel like it hits our generation in just the right spot. Yeah, where it's, it's referencing a lot of stuff from when we were younger, like middle school, high school, and making fun of that, yeah. and it just like, it just hits just the right frequency for me. To where it was like every scene there was something happening where it was just so funny to me. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it's it's hard to explain. I maybe it's just because I, it like the movie kind of goes after men in a playful way. Honestly, mm-hmm. I th- I think it's a playful, but mm-hmm. I maybe you just don't see that as often as you should, and like to see it consistently mm-hmm. for an hour and a half in a movie, it's like yes like that is so true like some of the stuff that they're saying yeah. and some of the stuff that they're making fun of it's so true and it's so ridiculous and why can't we see it and now that we've seen that movie it gives us the perspective yeah. you know what i mean it's just really impressive because white lotus tried white lotus tried to tell us about the godfather earlier this year and we didn't listen i know <laughs> uh it's just really impressive to me that like Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird has humor. Lady Bird is funny. Little even Little Women has moments where there's there's humor and grace and Dude, lightheartedness. Lady Bird got, had like one of the funniest scenes of that year. I thought like oh yeah when the With coach the football coach, the football coach yeah. is teaching theater like all of a sudden he's like thrust in this position where he has to uh, take over the theater class yeah. or whatever play they're directing or whatever. Yeah. It's so so, funny, so I'm, I'm not saying you're being like oh I'm surprised she made a funny movie that. I'm not saying that. I'm just no. surprised the lengths to which she made it a funny movie because I think the one thing that surprised me about the film is that it was a scene-for-scene, balls-to-the-wall comedy. Yeah. Like, it's satirical. It's absurdist. You have Will Ferrell doing, you know, classic Will Ferrell <laughs> stuff. And it's yeah. just like, I just kind of thought there was going to be humor... S- as kind of like background and surrounding and to like pepper and season the film. I'm not sure that and, I really had an idea going in. I, it's absurdist I to like yeah. the biggest degree. And it's just, it's one of the funniest movies of the last like 10 years. It's yeah. It's one of the most, I think when you start, when you start to think about it as a comedy, mm-hmm. it gets kind of interesting because there aren't a lot of amazing comedy films. 
They're in my opinion recently. Recently, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're okay. There are a lot of amazing right. comedies. Let's put that out there. But recently, there hasn't been a the Hangover or like a Wedding Crashers or like something that kind of breaks through the uh like the the line of hundreds of that comedies like really, that are that coming really out has mass appeal where you're just kind of like yeah okay so it's the same thing they're mm-hmm. gonna have a problem and then they have to drive cross country or do this that or the other to solve the problem and it's gonna be funny and hijinks and all that stuff and you kind of know what to expect mm-hmm. generally whenever you see some trailers for comedies i don't know I uh, I just feel like there hasn't been a comedy that's come out recently where it's been like, no, that is like original and that is different and it's hilarious. And uh, Noah Baumbach wrote yeah. part of that script and it, I didn't think he was like able to be funny at all. <laughs> well, like he his movies are funny, but like not in that way. No. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, White... Um, White noise. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Well, a lot of that comes from the novel. Yeah, it had that dark humor in the novel. Already. But uh, but I mean, like, what's what's funny is like there are funny lines, obviously. So the dialogue's funny, but not only that, there's great physical comedy. There's mm-hmm. great visual comedy. Uh, it's ironic. It's absurdist. It's satirical. It's all that, and it's just. And it, but it's filmed so well. It kind of went to the links that it needed to go. Like, I feel like we all felt that the movie needed to culminate with a large musical number. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like, we weren't sure they'd do it. You know, a lot of movies, they won't go all the way. But I really am glad that Barbie went all the way and was like, we're going to give Ken a full-blown, like, original musical number. And the fact fact that the musical numbers are filmed so well, because some comedies do this where they're like, we're going to film it in the style of a Gene Kelly musical, but they kind of half-ass it to like the production degree where they do just enough to where the audience recognizes, oh, this is kind of singing in the rain. In this style, yeah, yeah. But Greta Gerwig, by committing to that visual language so well to where like if you pressed mute and didn't know what they were singing about you'd go wow this is like one of the best filmed musicals in years mm-hmm. the fact that it's filmed that well and then you listen to what they're singing about actually makes it funnier yeah because just like ryan gosling as ken is committing so yeah, much yeah. to the literalness of his character mm-hmm. that commitment makes the joke funnier and yeah. i think that's why this movie at least for me made me laugh so hard is because the the visual language of the film is so serious in its its effectiveness and its its ability to reference and pay homage to other films and it takes its visual style seriously to pair with just goofy stupid characters Mm -hmm. that combination actually plays well off each other yeah and they they help each other yeah yeah i totally agree i think that um, I mean, again, this is only Greta Gerwig's third film that she's directed and, yeah. and fourth, I don't want to like, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, actually, Evan, it's, it is uh, the, yeah. fourth okay, film. Okay. She co-directed a movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I just am such a, at risk of being too much of like a fanboy. I'm yeah. just a really huge fan of hers and 
I'm super excited for what it means for her to have a string of really good, successful movies Mm -hmm. for like what she's going to do next, because, you know, like Nolan, he's had this string of like really great films. And at this point in his career, he can kind of say what he wants to make and make it to a certain extent. At least that's how it feels like whatever he's interested in, like a studio is going to be like, Ooh, like, tell me more. We want to make this movie with you. So I'm excited to see what that means for a filmmaker like Greta Gerwig, who has a string of really successful movies under her belt. And now I think is going to be able to kind of make what she wants a little bit more. And I think she can now. I'm excited for that. And I just feel like there hasn't been, uh, there hasn't, maybe maybe i don't know enough about female directors but uh greta gerwig feels like a real um just like something different i don't know it's it's like there's sofia coppola and honestly i've watched her films and i like have never absolutely loved a lot of her films but I can't think of another female director that I've like just fallen in love with. And well, and the reason for that is, you know, I'm not trying to defend you and be like, here's why you don't know enough female directors. Yeah. There are, uh, there's not nearly enough, but there are a good amount working. Yeah. I think a big reason is rarely do any of them get the chance to prove themselves on that type of budget. There you go. To where they can yeah. be seen on a large scale. And yeah, I think right now, like the, the only other example that comes to my head, that's like, that's given large budgets to succeed or fail with that is like Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's directed a couple big comedies. She did that Charlie's angels reboot, but like, yeah. it's just, there's not enough women getting a chance to get a huge budget with a huge marketing push to where they can really get their, they have the chance to get their name out there with yeah. the success. And you know, it's sad, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're totally right. And sitting here thinking about it now, like I, I haven't given this any thought, but it's just like I didn't realize that so many female directors are working and I can't think of a lot of their names. A lot of them are in or TV. Or a lot of their films. The only, a lot and, of they're just in TV because that's the only chance they And get. it's like we're sitting here talking about this uh, Barbie movie and how much we like it and how good it is and it's that perspective is it's like her her perspective is different and i think that we talk about originality and we talk about something that is uh just looks different feels different and has a different motivation and of course it's gonna feel original and feel different to um a large majority of people because we're all used to watching movies that are directed by men largely and so like the grandfather yeah so you're right i think to to like finally have somebody with a big budget and a big marketing push and all of that stuff of course we're gonna feel this way about it because how could it not be it's a completely different perspective but it's not i don't know it's not only i don't want to harp on that but like just sitting here now i'm trying to think of 
like women directors that I know or films that have been directed by women. And I'm just like, did not a lot come to mind, you know? And that's, well, I mean, it's not even the big budgets part of it, but it's even the fact that it's a big budget with a story she's passionate about. Because even if you look at like Patty Jenkins did the wonder woman films, like Mm -hmm. I'm sure she was passionate to make those movies, but those aren't like, you know, like, original movies that she was really super passionate about right. there the ip of wonder woman is always going to overshadow no matter who directs it right yeah you know any other woman directing a superhero film superhero film it's the same thing the ip is so big you, the, but with barbie it's like it's an ip but it's not an ip that is it doesn't larger have... than life that's going to overshadow greta well and, and to my knowledge maybe i'm ignorant about like barbie storylines i the Barbie mythos? You don't know the Barbie <laughs> yeah. mythos? I don't think that there's an established storyline for Barbie that exists for us all no. to be like, oh, yeah, now she's going to go to the real world. Oh, and she meets the mother and the daughter. And then, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I read the graphic novel, so I understand where this is going. The Barbie like, graphic novel. Not- <laughs> don't sleep on the Barbie graphic novel. You know, there's not an established storyline or an established uh, uh, like writings to go to where the original story yeah. has happened. So in that way, it's established IP, but it's completely original story. Yeah. And to me, that's one of the coolest parts about it is it took something. I think it's the genius part about it is that it took something that we've all seen that we all grew up with. We all know um, that barbies exist that there are a lot of different kinds of barbies and a lot of different kinds of kins and like you've seen in toy story 3 them make fun of kind of like all the outfits and all the different kinds of things that they have but uh to take that uh that ip that we all know so well just from being alive like how can you avoid barbie and then writing a a unique story that involves that i think it's just well, it's genius let's dive it into is. the story a little bit before okay we run out of time um so i, I will say before we like praise the movie to death i i do want to introduce this i i do think at the end of the day it is a bit of a messy film okay i i think the story is a little uneven overall i really like it but i think there's the story is trying to do so much and trying to pay off every single character storyline right. to the point that they almost take shortcuts to like at the end of the film they're at the end of the film I, I did kind of bristle at just the movie almost like int- had every character come forth and announce to us the audience what their character arc was kind right. of in a way it was kind of like and this Barbie you have been doing this in, in, in America America's um, character and, and the mother and daughter they kind of like like shoehorned in a character arc for them you know like, yeah. oh I, we understand each other now and yeah and, and well, Ken, you there was you some of that barbie and there were so many characters that some of the resolutions felt a little unearned yes that's what i'm saying is right. I, I think they kind of took a shortcut at the end to get some of these characters their arc yeah for the sake of giving them an arc um that you know part of me was like okay like but the the big main targets were hit and hit so well that Mm. it didn't really take away from the film. Well, and so much of that too, I just chalked up to like, this is a comedy. Right. And I'm on the, like, you've got me now. I'm on the ride. I will allow, like, I'm not going to be such a stickler about 
the reality of how everything is because it is so the way that the movie kind of grabs you and is like, yeah, we're in Barbie land where everything is kind of immaculate and perfect. And then she goes to the real world and it's, I just feel like through the course of the movie, I am on board. Yes. So it, it kind of grabs you and the way that the movie does that allows for some of those things to slip by because I, I'm invested and I can accept that like, Oh, that's just the way that they wrote that. Yeah. It's unearned a little bit, but yeah. You know. Yeah. No, again, like I said, like the big targets, what the movie's trying to accomplish. And, and for me, that's anytime I'm trying to assess a movie, I'm trying to identify what is the movie trying to accomplish and did it accomplish that? I'm not trying to compare it to another movie or how well it did compared to this movie. Right. You judge it by its own terms, by its own goals. And I, I just felt like, okay, some of the character stories, a little rushed, n- not, uh, not enough, too many cooks in the kitchen sort of thing. But the right. main ones really worked. And when you just focus on Barbie and Ken and their their journeys, I, I think really worked. And for me, and, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this, is mm-hmm. I see this as Greta's third coming-of-age story. Yeah. Um, because I saw what she was doing with Ken and Barbie almost as an Adam and Eve coming into adulthood journey. Yeah. Where just like a lot of scholars see the story of Adam and Eve as a story as um, kind of pre-consciousness coming into consciousness, going from naivety to the nuance of everyday life Mm -hmm. and the complexity of good and evil, right? Yeah. You know, you live in paradise, you're born in paradise. You don't have to distinguish between good and evil. You don't know you're naked. And then something happens, right? eating of the apple you're gaining knowledge and then the harsh realities of the world come in where okay well now you got to take care of the earth and blah blah blah, and there's going to be pain and suffering Mm -hmm. because you chose to decide good and evil where you see barbie and ken in barbie land it's perfect it's hard you know oh yeah there's paradise there's no there's no harm danger there's no even real food and then all of a sudden barbie starts thinking about death she starts getting sour milk and things don't really work and she's running into conflict for the first time and i see all of that as just another way to comment on a child coming into adulthood which i thought was great for a movie about barbies because what's one of the things most young women and you know some young boys encounter when they're a kid barbie and then what do they let go of as they become adults they let go of barbie and there's this transition of letting go of the childish childish things and encountering the harsh realities of adulthood. And I thought that was an interesting thing to do with a childhood toy is to like the kids who play with her. How does Barbie wrestle with the complexities of everyday life and going from a naive kind of not conscious being to conscious of suffering and pain and evil and hardship? How do you traverse that? And I thought that was in line with their previous two films. Yeah. So you said you're going to ask me a question. What was the question? The question was, <laughs> the question was, what do you think of that? Because we haven't, we haven't talked about that aspect of the film. Yeah. So like looking at it from that angle. Yeah. Looking at it from that angle. Okay. So I think that, uh, 
I'm trying to arrange all of my thoughts in a way because arrange to me, them. to me, I, I do think you and I have kind of two separate reads on the movie and I see what you're talking about. And I think that that's an interesting idea, but to me, the whole movie centers around that park scene and mm. I hate to harp on it, the but, park scene. but I think the scene where she's sitting in the park and she's looking and seeing everyone in relationships happy. And then she sees two people in a relationship and they're fighting mm -hmm. and someone else is by themselves and they're depressed. And, uh, there's an elderly woman next to her on the bench and, and she's like seeing that the real world holds like happiness and sorrow and that when we're together with people that can be joyful, but it can also be the opposite. And so it's like, I feel like she's seeing that, that in the real world, there's all these complexities and all these nuances and that it is, it is beautiful, but it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I feel like the whole movie kind of centers around that idea that, um, that if you're a woman watching the movie and that's the perspective that you're coming in with, that being a woman is like beautiful and it's difficult or being a person on earth, like trying to relate to people around you or like find your own identity so that you're not leaning on Barbie all the time for your fulfillment. It's like, it's a beautiful thing, but it's extremely difficult. And so it's like, I kind of felt like, Mm -hmm. the whole movie centers around that for me where it's, well, I think we're saying the same thing. Is that right? Because yeah, because Barbie goes from a world where there's no nuance and the world yeah. is one thing. Mm -hmm. Everything's one color in Barbie land, which is yeah. everything's amazing. Yeah. You know, we're all doctors. We're all entrepreneurs. We're all business women and there's nothing wrong. And then she finally experiences tension in the world where it's like, Oh, I have cellulite. Yeah. I'm thinking, what is death? I'm scared about death. And so when she goes to the real world, she does look around and she sees that the real world adulthood does also have the beauty of Barbie land, but it has the conflict mm -hmm. and it has the, the tension, but her response to it isn't to maintain that oh, it must be one thing. I think Barbie's lesson which she hints that in that scene, but then at the end accepts is that yeah. if you try and hold on to the childish notion that the world must be one thing, whether that be great or evil or bad, yeah. but you embrace the full nuance of everything that it is terrible at times and it is hard at times and that's okay. And you don't have to insist on extraordinary existence Oh man, I love that what you said about everything being one color because yeah. you know, it's like when you're in paradise and when you're growing up everything is one color. Exactly. That's everything is black and white or everything is yeah. yeah, everything is this one sound or this one note and then as you grow up you realize just like there are all these different notes. There are all these different ways that things can go. Uh, and that's okay. And that's what yeah, America, that's, that's what, okay. Yeah. That's what America's speech is saying is like women have to almost have to maintain this idea of even though we're scared, we're nervous, we're mad at each other, we're bickering at each other. Everything still has to look like everything it's, has to be that one color. And America's yeah. saying, no, it's okay. 
that that there are days where you're not extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And I think Barbie's lesson is that at, to be an adult, to be to go from the childish world of Barbie to the full technicolor world of adulthood is to accept that it doesn't have to be one thing all the time. Yeah. And that you you embrace it all and you and you embrace it with grace, which is why I think that park scene is important is yeah. because she chooses in that moment like empathy and grace and love and she looks at the old woman and says like you look beautiful and like i think that's the approach of the world is like in spite of how all over the place it is yeah and you still at the end of the day like choose empathy yeah um yeah i love that scene so much and i think that's such a that's why going back to a little bit of what we were talking about before i that's why it's a little bit frustrating to me when people that haven't seen the movie talk about it, because yeah. I think that what a controversial message that they is. just don't realize. Yeah. That it's like, it's the message of the movie is very universally good. Like yeah. it's, it's a really good message. And, uh, I just hate to think that people are missing out on, yeah. uh, on something just because, because the one color that they see when they watch the trailer or see the yeah the marketing or whatever it is um so yeah i don't know i i think if uh i would have been surprised if you told me that barbie would lead us to such a yeah interesting conversation but um i do very much feel like it's one of those movies that by the end of it, you feel like it's a movie that's kind of about everything and it's kind of about the most important stuff, which is like accepting what it is in the world that is difficult and, and choosing to, to love your friends and to love the people around you. And, uh, and I love the fact that Barbie in the movie is stereotypical Barbie. Um, and that everyone around her is kind of like the president or a scientist or a doctor or, you know, they have all of these roles that seem really important and her, she is stereotypical Barbie. So she really doesn't have like anything else going on other than like, being barbie (laughs) my job is beach and so (laughs) and so she kind of like her realizing that throughout the course of the movie hits hard because i feel like so many people are walking around like i don't know what my purpose is i don't know what i'm good at i don't know i don't have a big like and these toys are telling me i'm supposed to be a doctor yeah, yeah exactly and like i don't have a big like dream or a big endeavor that I'm like going apart where it's like, I'm going to school to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is. And, um, I just loved that our main character was, she's extraordinary because she's Barbie, but within her world, she is stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. And she kind of has to navigate that sense of isolation and that, Except that idea of accepting that, uh, that I don't, I don't, I'm not special and that's, 
and the small right. stuff matters not that i'm too. not special but i think you know what i mean yeah that um like there's nothing extraordinary yeah necessarily about what i'm doing like everyone else around me but me accepting that and allowing myself to be exactly who i am is extraordinary in its own way so well, yeah, and I, I think there's even this like celebration of like the really like small minutia of everyday life, like accomplishing those things is actually huh. important, which is why I think the ending joke yeah. isn't isn't a gag for a gag's sake. Like the fact that like her first full thing she does as a human is to go to see the gynecologist. Right. Like I get that it's kind of like a shocking joke to end the movie on. Sure. But I think it's actually in line with the movie saying is like, hey, the small minutia of everyday life like especially for a woman is actually like if you can accomplish those things that's not that's not nothing yeah because the world is hard enough at times that like getting up to do the most rote basic things can be a challenge yeah and the fact that you scheduled a doctor's appointment is worth celebrating at times yeah and i really appreciate that because i think again like that speech you know towards the end of the film that america gives you know though it is didactic and it's on the nose but I think, you know, looking at the women I know, like how much it hit home yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's on the nose, but it's on the nose because it's needed. Right. Uh, in that, like, sometimes you're going to feel like crap and that's okay. And despite that, if you can just do the normal stuff that you need to do, then that's an achievement. Yeah. Like when you feel like you're trying to do 20 things at once and you have to meet all these different expectations. Yeah. I, I think that's a message, you know, being being married to someone who struggles, seeing them struggle with that, you know, mm -hmm. all the expectations they have to fulfill. Yeah. I think that was important. I'm glad there's a movie out there where people can hear that. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that it's a point of view that is important to have, I think, no matter who you are, yeah. if and you're a man or a woman or whatever it's yeah. it's important to be able to watch something and see a perspective that's not the same as yours you know that's not just the same reinforcing of what you already know or what you already think or what you already believe it's important to see stuff that you don't know what it's going to be and to change your mind like and to enjoy it <laughs> yeah and to enjoy it in a way that you thought you right. wouldn't and to gain that perspective. It's just, it's important. And I think at the end of the day, Greta Gerwig's Barbie has brought us back to what we love most about film, mm -hmm. which is the idea that you can watch something and change your mind or it can change your mind or you can be moved by it. And she she accomplished what cinema can accomplish the best, which is, uh, you know, moving you forward. And I don't know what I'm trying to say. I lost yeah. it. No, it's okay. But it was you a get it. it was a, you're Knuff. It's a valiant effort. You hey, know? hey, you don't have to be everything. You're Knuff, man. Thanks, man. That makes me feel better. But but again, like the, even speak on the the guy side is like. Does it make you nervous talking about this movie a little bit? Not really. I mean. The only reason I like am a little nervous talking about it is because I feel like, you know how whenever you hear one thing when you're talking and then you watch it back 
and it's kind of like watching yeah. the it's like watching Ken explain uh the Godfather. Right. Where you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize it looked like that." Well, like <laughs> I don't know. Like I know my my intentions are pure with talking about this movie and sure. it doesn't excuse like if I said something dumb that doesn't excuse it, but I don't know, if we come off the wrong way or we said something dumb, like Someone let us know and I'll acknowledge it and like listen to what you have to say and be like, okay, you yeah. know, you're probably right. You're like, sure. I mean, the end of the day is I really liked this movie and I was just like completely taken off guard by like 45 minutes in Yeah. Margot Robbie sitting in a park and me like crying in my theater seat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, look, compared to Ben Shapiro, we're doing fine. Oh dude, we're that's a fine. low bar. <laughs> yeah. But uh, again, speaking to like the... Let's make it. Let's bring it back to the males. Let's bring it back to oh, guys, right? All right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but like, I, I think the movie does go out its way to be like, hey, like this patriarchal, these pa- patriarchal ideals hurt men too, mm-hmm. because they put men in competition with other men in this kind of puff the chest pissing contest, and and I love Ken's arc of like, hey, you don't have to be defined by Barbie, like, yeah. Like, and I think that's the message a lot of guys have to hear is that like, like your ability to woo a certain woman doesn't define you. It does. It's not, you're not worth that. Like, that's not your whole worth. Yeah. Is and being like, able to do that. Yeah. And again, and I'm making this topical, but I feel like you kind of have to with this movie, but like in a world where like so many young men are obsessed with Andrew Tate and his whole thing is like, yeah. like, oh Yeah putting business before before the hose can you do the accent please no I'm it not. would really no <laughs> uh, i do have a bald head it really put me into yeah. it a little bit more Bro, like his whole thing where it's just like you gotta you gotta dominate and you gotta put women in their place and you gotta make sure your woman knows like where she ranks in the hierarchy of your needs and blah 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 you should clip that <laughs> and put it at the beginning yeah. of the episode yeah. We would, hey, we would get a certain audience. Oh my god! Sadly, if we targeted that audience, I'm sorry. That when you started doing that, I just couldn't yeah. think of anything else. Yeah, no, it's okay. But anyway, <laughs> like in a world where the people are falling for that, yeah, like I think it's great to hear a movie where they're like, actually, it's in your benefit if you don't like make your whole identity about like how many women you can get, how how impressed you can get them. You know, like yeah, just like no, like what. What do you actually want? And I think that's such a huge thing is I think so many men are, are taught to your goal in life is to just succeed. Succeed to what? Dominate. Dominate. Everything. Dominate what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think there are so many guys who are like, I've just been told to dominate and succeed and to have power. And I never questioned if I even wanted any of that. Yeah. And like, again, Ken's just like, I kind of was just taken in by the horses. And I think it's, it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. But I think there's a truth to that where men are just kind of taken in with the horses and, and strength and guns and all that stuff. And then uh-huh. they never stop and think like, what, a what did I really want? Yeah. Like, I just know that this type of life looked cool, but I didn't know if I actually wanted all it. All I knew is that I was supposed to get Barbie to kiss me at the end. Yes. And that was my, I never thought past that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's then, like uh, that idea that you're single, you're single, motivation in life is like air quotes i'm supposed to get the kiss at the end i'm supposed yeah. to like get the girl at the end or whatever or succeed in business or you know whatever it is horses horses I do and horses man and i yeah i did love his arc where it was like 
actually you need to kind of be defined by what you decide to be defined by because yeah. you're kin and this is just what you've been told to do yeah. is to go after Barbie or to impress Barbie or to, you know, this, that, or the other. So, yeah, I liked, uh, I liked Ryan Gosling's storyline in that whole movie. Oh, and he, he was so good. A man can dance, you know, he can dance. Man, that, that push reveal <laughs> of them all singing. That was one of the funniest things I've seen. And then his, his song, the, the Ken song, like I'm just Ken. Yeah. With which you already mentioned the, the musical number, um, that was just hilarious and so well filmed. Like it's just a fun movie front to back. Like, do I think like from a storytelling perspective, from a script perspective, was there some fat that could be trimmed? Was it a little, uh, didactic? Was it a little show or, or tell not show at times in the storytelling? Yes. I do think that I, I think some of the mm-hmm. arcs were a little bit more. The movie was telling us here's what these characters, here's how these characters changed instead of showing us. And because the ending kind of got rushed and tried to fit in all these different things with the mother and daughter mm-hmm. storyline, all that. But at the end of the day, as a comedy and as a coming of age emotional story, it hit yeah. both of those two out of I the think, park. I think you can hold you can hold the movie's feet to the fire right? if you want to. But to me, by the end of the movie, I didn't really care about all yeah. of that stuff. Just because it kind of hit the most important beats that it wanted to. And all of that peripheral storyline and character development that they were doing. The fact that they just kind of wrapped it up with a pretty little bow without Mm -hmm. like earning it. I, I just for some reason I didn't mind. And I think it's because the movie did a good job of uh, like suspending my disbelief of... Mm -hmm the characters relationships and stuff like that. It just did a good job of that. Yeah. So like I hear all of that, but I just didn't care that much about it. Cause I was happy at the end. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I will, I will say I did hear her talk about an interview that she kind of was inspired by the way things unfolded in the ending by the wizard of Oz, where if you have mm-hmm. all these characters and you're kind of like, here's, here's how you grew and here's how you changed and here's your thing. And yeah. And I was like, yeah, that is true. That's kind of what the movie did. It was, they kind of went around the circle. It was yeah. like, like Ken, you're, you don't need Barbie, you know, like, and the mother daughter thing, like they kind of had their moment where they understood each other. And then all the yeah. other different Kins and Barbies kind of had their moment where it was like, Oh yeah, I can do. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, Hey, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, borrow something from a movie, Wizard of Oz, not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. Well, she borrow borrowed from. from so many movies and it all worked and just <sighs> so great. I feel like she borrowed from a lot of movies and, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't even know that. Oh no, that's today, what, that it was referencing something else. Today, no. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought that it had a surprisingly heartfelt and deep message. Yeah, that everyone could take something away from. Big fan of Greta Gerwig. Absolutely. I decided that we should watch more movies by female directors, or just have more movies <laughs> by female directors. <laughs> Evan had a had a come to the cross moment. I had an exi- I had an <laughs> yeah. existential crisis in the middle of this yeah. episode, realizing that I can't think of any <laughs> female directors. <laughs> that's what you're. That's what you're self conscious yeah, like, about. 
is Greta Gerwig the only female director? No, she's not. <laughs> no, she's not. But yeah, you know what? We could do better. Yeah. We could. You know what? We could. You know and what? we will. We will. Yeah. <laughs> Working up. <laughs> All right. Well. Do you want to rate it? I feel like sometimes we rate yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Oh, what what should be the, uh, what should be the, uh, the star? Horses. Horses. I give it. I give it a solid. Just off one viewing could change. Mm-hmm. I give it a solid four out of five horses. I don't think I like the five as the limit. I think I like ten because it gives uh, me more 10. wiggle room. I don't like ten. Ten's you don't too like much. ten. You think ten's too much? <laughs> too much. I think five is too little. Ten is too much. Maybe we should do like seven. <laughs> seven. That's not even. <laughs> no. Oh, he's pulling out the Seinfeld yeah. impression. Uh, well, and you only let me do halves. You don't let me do like point. You know, I don't. The points, like what the, what the I hell don't. is the difference between a four point two and a four point three? I just what like in options. The movie, what in the movie could change by point one degree? <laughs> it's nonsense. You're right. Well, because I'm at the place where I don't want to give it a three point five because I think it's too low. Yeah, and I feel four, like baby. I give fours out all the time. Yeah, I know. Same. So. Who cares? four stars out of five my whole thing is like if you think too hard about the the number rating like it's it's a losing game you shouldn't even do it yeah okay that's fine i think it's i think it's a solid four out of five i think that that's fine four out of five i agree with you yeah come at me four out of five yeah beach off (laughs) (laughs) if we said anything that uh oh hold on we can't end this without talking about alan i loved alan Alan he had some of the best jokes Whenever they figure out how to build the wall sideways oh. and not just up, we're not going to be able to get out of here. That, that was, was like so the good. best joke. Oh, so funny. And I, I didn't even know Alan was a real, um, yeah. What do you even call him? He's not a kin doll doll. I didn't know that he was like a real thing in production. Yeah, I guess they tried to give back. kin like a, like a guy friend, like a dude friend. Yeah. Didn't work. No, I didn't know this. They made Alan for like a very short amount of time. I guess he was very unpopular and then they stopped making him. It is kind of crazy that the movie reveals like all these like random attempts at like different types of dolls. It's like, like what were they thinking? The one, the weird Barbie joke was so funny too, where it's like, I feel like everyone has seen the one Barbie that's like missing arms been dunked in a can of paint, like has no hair because it's been like scissored off and all that stuff. That was just so funny. And like, what a perfect casting <laughs> for that character. The whole casting Gabe top McKinnon. to bottom was so good. Oh, so good. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's our thoughts on Barbie. And I'm excited for this to be the type of movie going forward in the future where like, if I just need like a pick me up or like, yeah. there's people over and you just need like a crowd pleaser to put this movie on. Like, I really think that's what it's destined to become. And yeah, who knows, you know, maybe over time, the more I watch it, the more things I uncover with it, maybe it becomes a four and a half out of five stars. Whoa. I don't know. Or a 3.8. Or a three. No, <laughs> never. No, never. If, I, if I'm going to go to or a four point or a 4.7. 4. 4.7. That doesn't make any sense. What is that? What is a point seven? <laughs> You're th- you're point three uh, away from five. Just make a five. <laughs> you're you're point two away from four point five. So just make a four point five. It's not quite a five, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I the, the whole letter system. Didn't we give a five star rating to something before? Was it Dune? 
I didn't give Dune five stars. I can't remember. What was it? I feel like we did give a five star rating to something. We'll have to go back and look. I'm trying to think like what was like my favorite movie of last year. Did you give it to Banshees? Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if I gave anything last year. I did like Banshees. I gave Nope like four and a half, I think. Banshees had a male director, though. <sighs> Would have been better if it was a female. Amen. Amen. Dang. Preach, brother. Well, I can't wait for our next conversation where we shift gears and talk about uh, Christopher Nolan, who's known for his women in his films. The yeah. way he writes women. This is quite, it's going to be quite the uh, yeah. back-to-back episode juxtaposition. Uh, but Also, if we said anything that pisses you off, just text Andrew, or just message Andrew. Yeah, message me. Or me. And uh, we dude, will comment on the video. Hey, you ups, you upset with us? Comment because that For improves real. the algorithm, baby. Yeah, so let's start jokes beef. on you. Let's start. Let's say something crazy, like women deserve evil, equal equal rights. Equal rights. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Whoa, crazy. Man, men and women equal. What? Are you kidding? That's Get crazy. Yeah, this is gonna be. I I I love it though because who's gonna cook the meals? Barbie is. Obviously, a very different movie from Oppenheimer. Well, spoilers. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. Okay. Well, there's no musical there's numbers. There's no musical numbers. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to disappoint, but there's no musical numbers. I uh, made the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's awesome that two movies that are so different came out in one weekend. I saw a meme that was like, in I've 2009, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> in 2009, Mamma Mia came out the same weekend as The Dark Knight. 2008. 2008. Sorry. Yeah. And um, they were. It was like saying that they they crawled so that Barbie and Oppenheimer could walk. Or and you something. know, hey, you know what? You it's know so who funny. saw both the Dark Knight and Mamma Mia? We did. We saw both. <laughs> we did. We, we did. We've been ahead of the game, man. Dude, and back then our local AMC had a get uh, a arcade in it. Those were the days. And halfway through Mamma Mia, I left and went and played some stuff in the arcade and then came back because I was like, I I am not a guy that loves musicals anyway. You're such a kin. And so like it was the like fourth or fifth musical number. And I was just like, man, I'm just not feeling this right now. So I just had to take a little, you know, dude. Like robot claw there, nothing, break, you know. Nothing beat because I think I think it was a Dawn of the Dead shoot shooting game. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Nothing beat like before the movie. You got 15 minutes to kill. Let's go shoot some zombies. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. dude. That was so. Fun. I miss that man. That so fun. And then there are times where like you're so into it, you're like, I think the movie's starting. It's like, but commercials. But, let's keep going. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> oh, that was those were the days. Oh, those were the days, man. Yeah. If they but, had an arcade, I'd still play it. Oh, for sure. No question. Arcades are a lost art. They really are. It is. You know, like the curation of like the games that are in the arcade. It's like a very, very uh, specific balance you have to strike, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we lost it. That was back when it was Showplace. Yeah. We didn't always have an AMC. It was the Showplace. The Carousotes. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm excited to talk Oppenheimer. You should go see Barbie. I need to squeeze in Oppenheimer this weekend. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I have an essay I've been working on on Christopher Nolan, so hopefully I can get that uh, fully tweaked and get that out there in time for the 
Oppenheimer wave to still be yeah. still be going. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for more of our stuff. Again, I'm sorry we're so bad at you know getting things out on time, but we have busy lives. But we're just Ken, you know. We're, we're distracted here. by horses. But we stuff. don't need to be extraordinary, you know. No. We're here when you when uh, when you need us. I mean, we're here when we. We're we're here when we're we decide to be here. I mean, if you needed us, if you're like, I need a new episode, it wouldn't be like there probably. No, (laughs) no. But we're there when it's convenient for us. Yeah. And if you get something out of that, that's good. Yeah. We're glad. We're glad. Yeah. So that's been fun. Um, You know, I feel like we grew today. I think we did. I think we're. I think we grew just a little bit. Yeah. And that's all right with me. Yeah. For like the Grinch, heart's a little bigger now. Yeah. And that's all because of Barbie and Greta Gerwig. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to say it. I think my wife should make more money than me. Right now, we actually make about the same, but she should make more. I agree. I I think I think that Okay, oh, hold on before we leave. <laughs> okay. Can we just be honest though? Like when you're watching Barbie Land and you see that like the Kins are just kind of like, oh. you kind they're kind of like pushed to the side, and that is kind of sad. But also, I was like, they don't really have jobs and they're just like hanging out. I was like, that kind of looked kind of nice. It. I'll be honest with you. It's I like, definitely thought that seems awesome. I was like, Ken doesn't have to drive to the bank at at five thirty like, in the morning. Low key complaining about how little he has to do, and I was like. I would shut kill. Up, I would kill if my job was beach. It's like, Ken, shut up, dude. Dude. Andrew. You don't you know would, what you're asking for. Andrew, you would be dead if your job was beach. I know. I, I'm too pale. <laughs> you would burn to death. I, just, I know. I was just like, Ken, you don't know what you're asking for. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want that responsibility, man. No, you don't, man. Just shut up. Just be a good man and shut up. <laughs> and listen. Yeah. Just look pretty. Yeah. Look good. Yeah. If that's if that's the only takeaway you get from this discussion, let that be it. Yeah. If you're a man, shut up and listen, and I'll, and look good while you're doing it. Yeah. It's not too much to ask. Yeah. Do a sit up. Take a shower. <laughs> I thought you. I heard take a. Sh- I thought you were gonna say something else. No. Take a shower. And also the other one. And the other one too. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's good to cleanse out. Wink, your, wink. Your colon. Yeah, we should probably end this. Yeah, I was going to say, we should probably land the plane. <laughs> it's been like a month since we recorded, so we're a little rusty. Yeah, we're catching up. But I can cut it off at any moment. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, be on the lookout for Oppenheimer, baby. All right. See ya. Night. <laughs>